Hi, this is Edward James Olmos, Admiral Adama, to many of you, and you're listening to Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. Think about it. It had its flaws. Everything has their flaws. Battlestar ended. Another show started and that ended. <laughs> oh, sci-fi. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. It's a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica, Caprica, and other Battlestar Galactica news. I'm Brian. I'm Michelle. And this is episode number 97. Uh, if you want to reach us, our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And then we have a voicemail, 301-358-5175. You can follow us on Twitter, and we also have a Facebook page. We haven't recorded in quite some time, so this show is kind of like just a wrap-up of how things have gone in BSG News of the past several months. Before we do get started, I uh, just want to say a big thanks to everyone, because recently we had our five-year podcast anniversary. What? It doesn't seem like we've been doing it for that long. Of course, we did take off several months this past year, so I don't know if it still counts, but we did start first five years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been so much fun. Things have changed, obviously. Battlestar ended. Another show started and that ended. ended. <laughs> Along the way, we first started off with four friends that sat around at work and talked about the show. We were fans of the show, and then we started podcasting about it. And then life kind of takes its turns and certain people get other jobs and then it becomes harder for us to record and the people have kids and... Yeah, now we all have kids. Everyone has kids now. So uh, we've all... In the beginning, it was just you. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's a little bit more difficult now to record with the same old crew, but along the way, we've met some new friends over Skype and whatnot. And so things change and we have have a different cast that we can bring to the table with their unique and fun opinions. But uh, at the core of it, we still love talking about sci-fi and we love getting together and just talking and arguing. And Yeah, and thankfully, most of us get together at Dragon Con each year, which is nice. We do have another podcast. It's called Geek Quorum. That show tends to cover more broad topics of sci-fi and sci-fi shows. We'll do shows where we cover like the last season of True Blood, or we'll talk about the wrap-up of the most current new crop of sci-fi shows. That came and went. That came and went. They just seem <laughs> to you know last so many episodes, and then they're gone. One will stick eventually. Hopefully. Hopefully. I thought Eureka was going to stick, but no. It stuck a long time. It's such a good show. Oh, well. If you get five or six seasons out of a show, I think you can count yourself kind of lucky. That's true. And along the way, Stargate Universe had its two seasons. and That was an unfortunate cancelization. Yeah. Because David Blue revealed to me and Dimitri that the next season was going to be really amazing. <laughs> yeah, because you saw him at Dragon Con and he looked... Fantastic. Yeah, he was trim. and Oh, yeah. He lost so much weight and he looked really good, kind of buff. And he said he had done that for the next season of Universe and then they canceled it. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) damn. (laughs) Oh, well. But anyway, we will, uh, like I said, keep track of the current sci-fi movies and TV shows. And as BSG News does trickle in, we will still continue that. And, of course, we do have a belated wrap-up of the last several episodes of Caprica. And that was going to be this episode, but I just felt like I wanted to get some BSG news. And it's been so long, I had to like kind of shake the rust off and get, <laughs> you know, get back into the groove before we did a wrap up episode. We will. We will get to that. 
Let's see. What's been going on? So it's interesting when you have a, a podcast, a podcast that started several years ago is that it stays out there. It's not removed. People can download it. They can listen to it even years after it comes out. And it's fun hearing from people that are listening to it either for the first time or they listened to it before, but now they're going back and rewatching the series and they want to like catch up and like see how things were viewed the first time around. People still are sending in emails and posts about certain episodes we did. For one in particular, Adam, he had started listening from the beginning again and was commenting on some of our first episodes, which I almost wish people could skip like the first five or ten <laughs> or whatever. Those were so much fun. Because, you know, I mean, when you when you do a first podcast, it's it takes a long time to get into a groove. And do you remember the equipment we had? I do. It was, you know, it's not like we're, we're shoestring as it is. I mean, we're not. Yeah, but that was. That was definitely like Radio Shack special. You know, it was like, <laughs> what do we got here we can use? And, but sometimes these people bring up questions like, well, you guys are talking about this. And what do you think that? And, you know, I like to go back and discuss that a little bit. But on the other hand, I feel like you almost have to listen to other episodes that followed because eventually we correct ourselves, we correct a, lot. ourselves yeah. a lot or things change our mindset or things come along that change our opinions. I can't really go back and say, well, I this is how I felt on this episode because, you know, I, I think eventually we did talk about it. Well, and even then, if we did go back, the fact that we've seen the entire series, we know what happens at the end, our opinion has changed. So we don't even remember exactly how we felt at that moment, Right, you know? So I kind of let them stand on their own as it is right now. I'm not going to pull a George Lucas and go back and <laughs> that would be funny if you were to like go back and like alter previous podcasts. <laughs> Digitally alter. That would be awesome. Yeah. I think the final five is Tyrrell, <laughs> Tori, Ty, <laughs> Ellen, and <laughs> Sam. That edit sounds very odd. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be funny. Then let's see, I had another conversation with someone who emailed me, Dave, who was talking about the ending of Caprica, and somehow we ended up talking about the ending of Lost and compared and contrasted that with the BSG finale. That's why I love sci-fi fans, because there's so many things you can talk about, bring up other shows and what makes a good show and what makes a good ending and what you liked about something and didn't like about something. Everybody's an angel. Yeah. <laughs> On a Geek Quorum podcast at some point, I'd like to go back and revisit the Lost Finale just briefly because the show we did about the Lost Finale, I, at the time, was pretty high on it, and I've since kind of gone 180 on it, but <laughs> surprise, surprise. But Kind of teetered out on that one. Yeah. So, here's hoping for a new series to get excited about. So, let's jump into the year that was, 2011. What happened in BSG land? Well, in January, they're putting together the webisodes of Blood and Chrome, which was going to be like 10 or 15 web episodes they're going to put on sci-fi website, I guess. Yeah. They had not cast at that point some of the key characters. And finally, they came up with the role for William Adam. Of course, I always had been advocating for the guy who played Husker in the webisodes for Razor. He was so good. But they didn't get him. They got some guy who is just 20 years old, really young looking and really just not what I was expecting. The actor's name is Luke Pasqualino. And I posted this on Facebook to gauge some fans' reactions, and I don't think anybody was, like, too pleased with it. Like, Rob posted, they never get it right, do they? <laughs> and then Otto posted, hmm, are they casting for BSG or Abercrombie and Fitch? I don't know why. I mean, maybe the guy that did the Razor webisodes was just not available, but... 
Maybe it's just too old for the time frame they're doing. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, that makes no sense because they can always just change the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've been doing that all along. Why not do it for the webisode? It's just hard. If you saw a photos of what the actor has done previously and the age of the actor, you, you might be able to understand why some people were kind of surprised by the casting because, like I said, he looks just very, he's almost Anakin-ish yeah. in that kind of stature and build. You know, I never bought Hayden as Anakin because he was just too, he was tall enough, but he just didn't have the physical bulk that I thought, well, among many things I didn't like about, <laughs> about I mean, we won't even go into that, but. Um, That'll be another episode. I mean, I guess if you saw the guy acting and then maybe we could be changed. But I mean, just visually, first impression was, really? I didn't, that's not what I would have expected. Well, it doesn't matter now. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm not sure if we had in the past mentioned that at some point, Sci-Fi said, you know, this looks pretty good based on the script and what you want to do with it and the premise of the story, which is first Cylon War. We're going to promote this from a webisode series to a backdoor pilot. So it's going to be a movie. It's going to be about 90 minutes, and we'll use it as a backdoor pilot. If it's good enough and get the ratings, then it'll become a series. And of course, everyone's excited because Silent War, fights, not all this religious drama and whatever. Kind of like the Terminator. So that got people kind of excited for a while. And uh, then... Well, and then, well, and don't get, don't get ahead of yourself. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm on. February 2011, Blood and Chrome got its producers. There was no Ron Moore involved. No Jane either, thankfully. Blood and Chrome was being written by Michael Taylor, who is a veteran writer from the BSG series, from a story by Ike Taylor and Bradley Thompson and David Weddle, which is those two guys especially are really good. And it was going to be directed by Jonas Pate, who was a director from some of the Caprica episodes. And producers was going to be David Ike, Jonas Pate, again, and Michael Taylor. So a couple BSG guys, one Caprica guy. Now... October or so, word kind of leaks out that Sci-Fi saw the raw footage of what they shot. Now, again, this show is entirely green screen. In their wisdom, they sold off, auctioned off all the Battlestar <laughs> to get props and, and sets. Which was an awesome auction. It was, yeah. People have little bits and pieces of Galactica in their as mementos scattered around the world. But there's no physical sets anymore. And so this entire series, because originally it was going to be a webisode series, so they figured, I'm going to make it green screen, the quality is going to be whatever. Well, it's not like they hadn't done it before. They've got Sanctuary, Sanctuary and all those which, other shows. Which that are... you watch and you know that it is green screen. Well, yes, it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's. I don't think there's any green screen show that you see that you don't look at and say, all right, I, I understand and I follow the story, I don't believe it, but it's. I don't believe for a second that that's not what they're standing in front of is, is real. Right, and they did that quite a bit with Caprica right. as well. Sci-Fi gets a look at the raw footage and word comes around that they're considering, and I don't know if this has changed or not, but it sounded like this is what they were going to do, is demoting it back to a webisode series. Oh, Sci-Fi. Which is not promising for any kind of... Well, it's not promising in two ways. It's not promising for the quality of the movie itself, because if it's not good enough for a movie and it's only good enough for a webisode series, that's not so good. And also that means chance of a series can't have a backdoor pilot if you're just doing webisodes. Oh, sci-fi. <laughs> so, oh, Siffy. Oh, Siffy. So that is where that currently is. In other words, it's kind of dead in the water. Pretty much dead in the water. So right now, I don't see anything else coming of that. And actually, Caprica had kind of had the same thing happen to it. They shot a pilot really early on. It, it, it languished for a long, long time. Sci-fi waited and waited for the Battlestar finale to happen before they did anything with it. By that time, the actors had gotten like a year and a half older, and then like the contracts, you know, they had to make a decision about certain things. And 
Same thing here. You know, this has been shot probably for a long time now. And who knows? Oh, sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what to say. I'm kind of, I really didn't have high hopes for it from the start when they first announced it at all. Like, cause just the way Caprica went, you know, it was right. disappointing. They finally busted out the somewhat intriguing content in like the last two minutes of the series finale. So I don't know who's to blame. I really don't. It's unfortunate because the fact that Battlestar was so good yep. and nothing has been able to live up to it, whereas it could. I mean, it's a great story and there is ways to make it really good and to bring another series out that could match it. But they just, I don't know why they're effing up. I've always thought that universe was rich for other stories, whether it was first Solon War, which I think you can tell stories there. I would avoid the Lucas trap of like having every major character in the Ron Moore version show up in the Solon War right. version. I mean, you could potentially do a extended universe thing or a before all of that thing, you and, know, yeah. kind of like the Star Wars Old Republic. There's plenty of things they could even do sort of like a Pegasus type of storyline where it's like another ship that has its own thing and they have their own arc. So many things they could do. But for whatever reason, let's get Joss Whedon on it. <laughs> But speaking of other versions, so we have talked in the past about this Brian Singer version that has been floating around for some time. Brian Singer directed, what, the first X-Men movie and I think the Superman movie, the reboot. Is that right? Sure. And they were redeveloping Battlestar for a movie. Well, God, we were at Dragon Con, what was it, two, three years ago when this first came out. We were talking with Richard Hatch on our podcast. I forget what podcast it is, but look it up on the archives. And we were talking about the possibilities of this. God, that seems like so long ago. And like, these things sometimes get stuck in development for quite some time, but hadn't heard anything about it for a long time. I just assumed that it had just died off. Cause sometimes you buy the rights and they expire after a certain time. But in October, there was a post that said Singer was still developing it. And here's his quote. He said, I'm a huge fan of the original series and of the second show, too. But I always thought the first show was a little too heavily reliant on Star Wars, you know, whereas I think the second show was really original and really cool. And I think I've come up with a way to write this movie that won't fuck up any of that. I'm not sure how much they want me to talk about it. Let's just say it's not what you expect. It will all work in the universe that exists. It will not conflict with anything Ron Moore has done. Hmm. So now everyone's like, what does that mean? I think first thing a lot of people come to think of is all this has happened before type of cyclical thing. Like this will be another cycle along the, the turn of the wheel of what's going on, which I guess is technically would be in the same universe. That's mm -hmm. one way to do it. I still don't know. I don't know if the public is. So is that that's just his post saying that he's still kind of working on it, but there's no definitive that he's actually moving forward with it. I think so. Well, Again, there's a deal to do it. There is an incentive to do it once you've bought the rights, because if you don't, they sunset and nothing happens with it. And then someone has to buy them all over again, and people don't want to spend more money unnecessarily. So True. we'll see. Well, there's nothing uh, on his IMDb about it. On Facebook, uh, one of our Facebook followers posted, this could end badly. At this point, I'm against anything that goes against the RDM series. Seriously, you can't F around with this. I don't know about that. I would welcome someone to come in and try something different. Yeah. Maybe not drastically different, but I don't think you need... Because truthfully, we weren't totally satisfied with what Ron did to it in the first place. I mean, was everybody satisfied that, you know, they all ended up being angels? Come on. Well, I was going to say, I was satisfied with it in the first place. I wasn't satisfied with it in the last place. Right. That's... Yeah. It's not like the RDM version was like the be-all, end-all. Right. It wasn't spectacular. It had its flaws. Everything has their flaws. Yeah. 
Speaking of which, what the heck is Ron Moore doing? I have seen very little coming out about him. He had a pilot for a show called 17th Precinct that starred a lot of the Battlestar actors. It had um, James Callis, Jamie Bamber. Trisha Helfer. Trisha Helfer. So it was almost like a mini BSG reunion. And there's a good post on io9 blog a while back that had a good synopsis of what some of the characters were and there's like it was very sci-fi it takes place on earth but it's very fantastical there's like a character who's a necromancer and there's a, a cop who's got some kind of power or something i can't remember what james callis's was maybe next episode we'll do a more detailed version of what that was but haven't heard anything about that i don't know if that maybe that pilot just got made and just languished and never got picked up but meantime david ike is busy this also makes me think that Blood and Chrome is dead because he's moved on to some another show. Uh, in November, AMC bought a sci-fi drama from David Icke. Ooh. And this is just from a press release type of thing. It says, uh, after hitting goal with the horror series Walking Dead, AMC is looking to expand its genre portfolio with a sci-fi drama. Network has bought Thunderstruck, an hour-long UFO project featuring writing-directing duo of Paul Boardman and Scott Derrickson and former BSG executive producer David Icke. So the basic story is, this is very vague. I mean, not much more known about it than this. Powerful and enigmatic entities begin appearing all over the world. After one shows up in the town of Great Falls, Montana, local citizens must grapple with the dramatic effects and growing mystery of repeated visitations. Hmm. So not much to go on there. It's on AMC. I mean, it's not sci-fi channel. So that alone makes it more interesting to me. Agreed. I'm very impressed with what AMC has been putting out. So I kind of slightly hopeful that'll be good but i'm also really wary about ufo shows because they can always end up being kind of kitschy and just not done correctly so it's hard it's we'll talk about this on geek quorum soon i hope where we wrap up some of our recent sci-fi shows but the shows like falling skies like first season i watched it because there was not much else on it didn't grasp me at first but it kind of like near the end i was I'm looking forward to the next season. They did a twist at the end of the first season. And just to keep this within the BSG realm, the next season has a whole bunch of BSG alums joining in producing roles. Bradley Thompson and David Weddle are executive producers or they're producers on that show. And I always thought their work was among the best mm-hmm. of um, BSG. They have some more of a grit to their stories that they bring. And I think they can help out. The science advisor from BSG and Eureka and all these other shows has joined on there. Well, they were getting some of the actors, too. I mean, they got Ryan Robbins and Luciana Caro. Oh, she's on there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. They're filming now. Yeah. They tweet a lot about it. Do they? Yes. <laughs> well, I felt that, like with a lot of shows, I felt that they had a lot of BSG elements to their show. They incorporated somewhat bluntly, I thought, at times. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, this is your episode where you mimic that one episode from BSG where they did Right, this. like this is your 33 episode yeah. and this is This your... is the one where the civilians clash with the government and this right. is the one where the... You know, but we'll see. But that was the year in BSG. Not much, but still much. there's stuff out there. It's not completely dead. <laughs> but the nice thing is, you know, the other actors are still doing sci-fi shows that are worth watching and they're popping up everywhere and it's just nice to see that. Yeah. Do you want to plug Alex's website? Well, yeah, I guess so. I might as well. Since Michelle has uh, been working for a long time with Alex Ponovic. I think everybody by now on our podcast knows who Alex is. He was on BSG. He was on Stargate, Smallville. He was on all of those shows. You know him on BSG as Sergeant Fisher, who got his face shot off on the algae planet. <laughs> <laughs> and he played 
what was it Papa Adama in yes. Africa? He was the the great the great, great grandfather father, of yeah. William uh, William Adama. Yeah, that was a good episode. For some reason, he always dies in everything he does. <laughs> yeah. They need to fix that. But he's been a really good supporter of our podcast, and he's become a friend of ours over the years. And I recently redesigned his website. I think it looks good, but that's it just does look good. my opinion. But <laughs> so go to alexponovic.com. You can also catch Alex on Twitter. He tweets a lot, a lot about his boxing stuff. And he's got, he's got a lot going on too these days. I'm quite impressed with his little career mm. repertoire going on, mm-hmm. but it's been a lot of fun. Check out his website. Go support him. He's a really great guy. All right. I think that'll wrap up this edition. Please keep voicemails and emails coming in. If you see any shows or things you're interested in, you know, we're all about conversation and discussion and yeah. Find us on Twitter. I tweet a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You can't Uh, miss me. mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you want to reach us, our email is gcorum at gmail.com and our voicemail again, 301-358-5175. Thanks again for listening and supporting us all these years. We love you. We love you and we thank you for your support. Thanks. The jump clock is running. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Is right. that good? That's okay. Well, I have to, I have to talk. You can't just. Is it good right here? Is it okay? Should I bring it closer? Closer, yeah. Closer, closer. Is that good right there? Yeah. A little more, a little more. That's, that's good. <laughs> Should I be right on top of no, it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no.